0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey Jonathan, how's it going?
0: Uh, It's been a rough week, Amy, gotta admit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has been. I think as rough as I would say the last year has been in the SBC, um, this was a very, very heavy one.
0: Yes, it was. Uh, This is... Definitely the uh, the roughest week we've had in quite some time as far as uh, news in the SBC, and it just keeps coming, Amy. Uh, we've had three reports this week from the Houston Chronicle, and a fourth if you count the uh, interview with Dr. Muller. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But these articles, we talked about it last week on the podcast uh, about the Abuse of Faith a series that was coming from the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio News Express. Uh, we knew that was coming, and we... Saw it on Sunday, part one, part two on Tuesday, part three on Wednesday, uh, talking about sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention, and some of the ministers and churches who had helped that happen. We had our Facebook live last Sunday night, if, if you missed that and weren't able to catch that, it's on our Facebook page it's been a very difficult week, Amy, and uh, one that sets up next week's executive committee meeting and just uh makes that all the more important,
1: yeah, it really does I mean this is typically a time of year where we are we're we're gearing up for the executive committee meeting. We're thinking through all that they're going to talk about, but it does make us anticipate it a little bit more. It makes it incredibly important uh, to think about the decisions they might make, what they'll talk about in committee meetings, and recognizing that there's a presidential address during that, that on any given time, we... We look to, uh, for whoever the SBC president has been in the past, to hear what they're going to say. Well, now it it really seems important to hear from the SBC president, uh, as we will on Monday night.
0: Yes, we will hear on Monday night. We'll be there live tweeting the event. I'm sure Baptist Press will be as well. There is a lot going to be going on on Monday. We have the cooperative program committee that meets, and there is a lot of stuff happening Monday during the day. And you said you have that that plenary session that night with the executive committee, the president's report that evening. Uh, we're also scheduled to hear a update from the executive committee search committee uh, for their president, and uh, we got some other search news we'll talk about toward the end of the program. But uh, we're we're scheduled to hear that. You mentioned that presidential address. And then all day Tuesday are more committee meetings as well as another plenary in the afternoon. So a full two days and much of the discussion will be around uh, the stories that we're talking about today. We're going to do things a little differently here on the podcast. We're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about the articles as well as uh, some follow-up articles that were in Baptist Press and other outlets uh, this week. And then we'll bullet point some other news from around the convention later in the show. Amy, initial reaction, uh, we, we talked about it Sunday night on Facebook Live. Again, if folks missed that, you can go check that out on our Facebook page. But any change in your reaction uh, since Sunday night, since you've had time to kind of digest it and read the other parts? Or is it just uh, you feel worse than you did then?
1: Yeah, I think, I think worse. I think when we did the Facebook Live on the first day, I was processing a lot. I felt very heavy. I felt really sad. I think as the week went on and as we got more stories, individual stories, and, and some of these stories were ones I had heard before in other news reports and things and had wrestled with at the time, had really struggled with hearing those stories and and just really with being in a place where I didn't even know what you know anyone could do. But then when parts two and three came out and I heard some news stories and those, I just got angry. Like the, the anger that just built over the week uh, was, was really strong. Um, I talked to a lot of friends. I talked to some of my friends who um, are survivors. Just sort of processing it collectively. It's been a challenge, I think, for everyone.
0: It has been. And uh, if you missed the stories, we're linking to the the homepage over at the Houston Chronicle website. Uh, There's three parts. The first part, Southern Baptist sexual abuse spreads as leaders resist reforms. Uh, It talks about kind of the past 10 years of, uh, and chronicles the Southern Baptist lack of response more or less to claims and to calls for a database and other uh, protections Part two mentions churches hired dozens of leaders accused of sexual offenses. So this is uh, really on the travelers, people who were moving from place to place, churches either not telling the next church or not inquiring from the previous church, or maybe even knowingly hiring sex offenders and sex abusers as pastoral staff in the church. And then the third one really focused on youth pastors and a couple of major stories in that one of youth pastors really grooming teen girls, teen boys, and sexually assaulting and molesting them as their youth leader, which is just stunning. And some of them were also kind of tied to part two where they're moving from church to church without the other churches asking or getting references or telling the other church.
1: Right. And this really painted the picture of just the reality that these are predators who Who really came into a system that they felt like they could hide in um, and that they could thrive in, frankly. And it's just a stunning, uh, stunning thing to, to take in. And, uh, you know, when you go, it's not just the three stories either. There are a lot of subsidiary stories. You know, you, you can kind of click the links and go down. You see the database. You see some other, some interviews. There are a lot of videos that go with it. You should watch all the videos. Now, they do have some trigger warnings at the beginning that, uh, particularly for people who have been through trauma, that it may be difficult. So that may not be something everyone needs to, to do is to, to watch those, but they are available and, and very t- and and I just want to throw this out there too because some folks may go to the link and Houston Chronicle has a paywall that basically after a few articles if you if you don't have a login you can't access let me encourage you they have uh, one of those uh, situations where you can do like a trial account for I think a month for 99 cents something like that and then later you know if you uh, if you like what you see and want to keep getting the Houston Chronicle that's fine but Don't let that stop you because we need to know this.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, They have been very thorough with their investigation. I respect what Rob Downen and everybody at the Houston Chronicle has done as far as uh, their fact-checking, their work on this. There's been no questions of uh, shoddy journalism at all with this. They have done an outstanding journalistic job with this story. And uh, there have been some other stories, though, that have come out of this as a result, Amy. Uh, We've got a few of these listed here. Dr. J.D. Greer, the president of the SBC, met with state execs, actually, this week. That was scheduled, the state execs and state paper editors meeting in Charleston, South Carolina, this week. And J.D. Greer was there, answered questions with them. There's an entire write-up about that. Uh, A lot of ways talking about this and other things going on in the SBC. Also had a, a couple of articles at Badges Press specifically about this then there was a, a couple of other stories. Uh, Russell Moore had an opinion piece in the New York Times about this, right. talking about the SBC's Me Too moment. Albert Mueller, the president at Southern Seminary, also had uh, dedicated some of his time on The Briefing, his daily podcast, to this topic. And then uh, I know your favorite article of the week, Amy, the First Things article by your husband, Keith Whitfield. He wrote that, and I, I thought, honestly, Amy, it was one of the best things I read all week. I'm not just saying that yeah. because Keith's a friend, but it was fantastic.
1: I well, I thought it was as well, but I know I know I'm biased, but I thought he did a, a really incredible job. And when he was preparing that, and I saw it, I was uh, just really blown away by how he captured some of the issues at, at the heart of this. So, so I think I think it was a good contribution to the discussion.
0: A- absolutely, and uh, and then there at the end of the week, right before we went to record. Uh, some stories dropped both at RNS and at the Houston Chronicle, Rob and again, uh, with an interview with your boss, Dr. Aiken, and Dr. Moller from Southern Seminary, and in which Dr. Moeller discussed Sovereign Grace and the arrangement that they had with Southern, as well as his previous support of C.J. Mahaney, and now he is uh, kind of reversed on that.
1: Right. Uh, this is a a really... As you said, it, it kind of has hit right before we recorded for this week, uh, just a few hours. So, letting it sink in what that means in this conversation, I think uh, I think I'm still just processing it. Uh, but but that that's a huge piece of news in this. Um, of course, this has been an issue talked about the the questions surrounding Sovereign Grace Ministries and a number of cases, uh, questions about. Their investigation process, things like that. This has been discussed for a very long time. A number of high-profile news stories were done about it, but in the process, because Dr. Mueller had uh, some such connections with C.J. Mahaney, they've spoken together a number of times. They were part of sort of the original group that did the T4G conference, and then some of the connections between Sovereign Grace and Southern Seminary at one time. There were a lot of questions for a long time about Dr. Mueller's position on this. Uh, Well, there are no more questions about where he stands on it.
0: Absolutely, Amy. And Dr. Mueller is quoted here saying, I believe in retrospect, uh, I erred in being part of a statement supportive of Mahaney and rather dismissive of the charges. And I regret that action which I think was taken without due regard to the claims made by the victims and survivors at the time and frankly, without an adequate knowledge on my part for which I'm responsible. What I did was wrong and caused hurt to the victims and survivors who felt that their experience had been trivialized and dismissed. And I grieve that. I apologize for that. It was wrong. I would never make such a comment again.
1: Yeah, and, and that was in reference to an introduction at T4G in 2016, um, which I remember, and I remember a lot of the fallout and discussion after that, Um, and I know that was a very difficult time, and I really appreciate how he directly addressed that, because that was a part of this, and uh, he just came right at it. Then uh, it looks like maybe the question was asked, should he have been more forceful in his denunciation, and he said, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I should have been very clear about insisting on an independent, credible third-party investigation. And I appreciate that he says, I should have said nothing until I heard from those who were victims and who were making the allegations. So I know this has been a tough conversation for years. I know that, that people have uh, wanted to hear from Dr. Mueller. I really look at this as a moment when someone makes a statement that uh, you know folks have wondered for a while. Uh, but he comes right out. It doesn't evade anything. Doesn't sidestep. He comes right out and hit every aspect of concern. Uh, so this is a this is a really really big piece of this story.
0: Yes, and I really respect him for his clear stance on this, as well as being big enough to admit that he messed up, right? And going on the record about that. So uh, I think a lot of times in Southern Baptist life, we we see leaders sometimes evade questions or evade responsibility. Uh, Dr. Mueller took it head on right here, and I respect that greatly.
1: Me too. Very much appreciate that. And uh, as you mentioned, Dr. Aiken was was, uh, in there as well and uh, just answered a few questions about that and mentioned he has not had a close relationship with CJ Mahaney since a speech uh, that was scheduled to be at Southeastern uh, was canceled. That was several years back. He acknowledged he said he was wrong uh, to support Mahaney without properly investigating the allegations. And so, you know, that's a kind of a small part at the end of the story, uh, but, but that's in there as well.
0: All right. Well, we will have more on this story, I'm sure, throughout the weekend and into next week at the executive committee meeting. We'll be updating this story and many others on our Twitter feed, so be sure to follow us on Twitter uh, for all the latest on this and other stories as we go through the executive committee meeting. Amy, some other news. We'll just fly through these real quick. We spent 15 minutes on uh, the other one. We already spent 15 minutes on the first part of the show here. Uh, But any other week, this committee on committees, named by President J.D. Greer, that came out on Monday, would have been the big story of the Right, right. And honestly, I had forgotten that it even happened when I was getting things ready for the show tonight. But Dr. Greer named a committee on committees this week, 68 people. And here's some demographics of the committee. 45 men, 23 women, highest we've ever had of women representation. Uh, Previous high was 26% by Ronnie Floyd back at, I think, in 2015. And then average age is 43. Get this, we got our youngest member at 22, Amy. 22. That's
1: incredible. I wonder if that's the youngest ever.
0: I don't know. There's no telling. That's hard you know, to
1: know. You know who could break that record one day. Yeah,
0: I do know who could break that record one day.
1: I'm pulling for one day like a nineteen year old or so, Zach McCullough.
0: I was pulling for Nora, Amy. Maybe a eighteen year old uh, Nora.
1: Maybe so. Maybe so. so. Nora Fullerton. She could she could do it too. She so, could do. It. We yeah. should see
0: Zach next week, by the way. Yeah. Our oldest member on the committee on committees, seventy three. As for uh, ethnicities and nationalities, uh, 46 of the 68 are non-white males, Amy. The most diverse group we've ever had. Only 50%, 34 of the entire group are white. African-Americans account for 16 or 24%. uh, 10 Hispanics, uh, which accounts for 15%. Five Asians for 7%. And other multi-ethnic groups of three people. Uh, And this is the one I thought was fascinating. Less than 250 in the church. 51% of those serving more than 250 is 49. So it's kind of split at 250. We have half below, half above. And then uh, the average baptisms of the churches that are represented is 26. Average attendance is 597. And get this, the average CP of the churches that are represented 7.66%.
1: That's incredible.
0: That's one and a half times the national average, Amy. So that's a very, very diverse and very strongly giving committee on committees.
1: Really, really great release here. And and the statistics are incredibly helpful in that. That's great that Dr. Greer provided that.
0: So congratulations to Dr. Greer and his team for that committee-on-committee committee appointment. And some other news, Amy, some news from NRB.
1: Yeah, so this came out on uh, kind of middle of the week that President Jerry Johnson has resigned. This is the National Religious Broadcaster's. And this is not a Southern Baptist organization, but a lot of Southern Baptists are part of it. It's an international association of Christian communicators whose organizations represent millions of viewers, listeners, and readers worldwide via radio, television, and the internet. That's from David Roach's story uh, in Baptist Press. And so there are a number of Southern Baptists who have radio programs, television programs, you know, uh, and are part of NRB. Jerry Johnson is also a Southern Baptist. He's had a lot of leadership roles. He was president of Crystal College two times. He was a vice president, I believe, at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He was also at Southern Seminary. He was dean of Boyce College at one time. I worked with him years ago at Southern Seminary. And so he has been in Southern Baptist life for a long time. So even though this is not an not an SBC organization. It certainly has an SBC connection. This was big news.
0: Yes, it is. And Jerry Johnson was the president at Criswell when I started there.
1: Very nice. I finished up
0: under Barry Creamer, but he he was the president whenever I got there and he helped me get into Criswell and uh, facilitated that. So I appreciate his work there and, and his work at the NRB. Wish him all the best as he moves on. Another big departure this week, Amy. James McDonald has been fired from Harvest Bible Chapel in the Chicago area. We tweeted it out the other day. We had mentioned uh, the saga, the ongoing saga, uh, I think dating back even to to December, whenever he was uh, removed from the Pastors Conference uh, roster from this June in Birmingham. So that's been going on and brewing for a couple of months now, and he has finally been let go at Harvest Bible Chapel uh, after uh, some inappropriate comments were aired on a local Chicago radio station uh, show earlier in the week. And down to Louisiana College, Amy.
1: Yes, Louisiana College has withdrawn its membership from the Council of Christian Colleges and Universities because of the fairness for all legislation, because of the CCCU's endorsement of this fairness for all legislation idea. Uh, This was the one we talked about this a few weeks ago, the NAE and the CCCU standing behind almost this agreement idea that the U.S. would add sexual orientation and gender identity to the list of federally protected classes, but also articulate protection for churches and religious organizations. And so some people in these groups have supported that. But by and large, Southern Baptist institutions have not. I don't know of any of that, that have been okay with this. And so Louisiana College has actually said if CCCU is going to be a part of this conversation in this way we're we're going to just step out of this and so uh, it was pretty big pretty big news that the president Rick Brewer notified them this week that they would break that relationship
0: yes and also they aren't the first Southern Baptist College to do so, Union University did so just a couple of years ago back in 2015. Right. Over
1: uh, other so, thing, over Yeah, other but issues. it was the
0: same thing, it was same-sex marriage. Similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: it just wasn't wasn't the this it wasn't fairness the specific for all, thing. No. But it was it was how they handled other institutions that had endorsed same-sex marriage.
0: Another Southern Baptist College in the news, Southwest Baptist University has appointed a peer assessment committee to conduct evaluations regarding orthodoxy after some discussions over the last month and the firing of a faculty member. Uh, They've named Ken Hempel. we've known, we've had on the pod, good friend of the pod, Ken Hempel. He's on the committee, as well as Barbara McMillan, uh, who's the president of Blue Mountain College up in northeast Mississippi, Joe Kreider, professor of church music at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary up in Louisville, and a former faculty member, Tim Howe, no relation, and... SBU alum and the teaching pastor at Heritage Baptist Church in Lebanon, Missouri, and Camden Pulliam, uh, SBU alum and director of admissions at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So they are on the peer assessment committee uh, to conduct the evaluations on orthodoxy. We will await their report later in the year, I'm sure. Down to Louisiana again for you, Amy.
1: So here was something good that happened this week in New Orleans, the Psalm one hundred thirty nine project, which is the ERLC's ministry to help place ultrasound machines in pregnancy resource centers, that group dedicated a new ultrasound machine in a health center there in New Orleans, and Benjamin Watson, NFL football player or former NFL football player, and his wife were there along with Dr. Russell Moore to help dedicate it. So there's a really nice story in baptist press about that the watsons actually gave that gift they donated the machine and uh, so they got to to be there for that sort of special time i saw some video of that lots of pictures looks like it was a great time there and it's a really good story so worthwhile read especially after such a tough week
0: yeah some good news from the home state right down in louisiana and uh, finally we don't have a story linked to this uh, unless it gets updated at Baptist Press before we release the podcast. We'll we'll add it to it if possible. But the southwestern board of trustees have called a special called board meeting for February twenty sixth and twenty seventh to vote on a presidential candidate. Amy, okay, are you packing your bags?
1: Uh, I I have not been nominated.
0: Oh, it's not you. So okay. well, it wasn't right. me either. So. Right. That only leaves about 15.9 other million Southern Baptist. It could
1: something, be. something like that. Yes. So this has been scheduled and obviously they have some provisions that they need to schedule that in advance. Yeah. So that's what we know. They've not released a name, but we just know that it's coming. So. Yes. That's, it. We, we got a big news week this week. Next week, we're going to have the executive committee meeting and all that comes out of that. And the following week, we're going to have another big news week. So it's, uh, things are gearing up.
0: Yes, Stetson Watch 2019 is almost over. Did you see my wow. tweet about that earlier this week, Amy? Where I said we I'd, should have had hashtags for the different entity searches.
1: I I didn't see that.
0: Well, I said Stetson Watch, that would be obviously... Right. The one over there. Right. And then Beignet Bonanza for Oh down in,
1: nice. For down New, New Orleans. Orleans, right? And
0: and then and then I I got some reader submissions.
1: Okay. And Let's hear what. And the one you I have.
0: liked was uh Life Weight, which was very good. Nice. And and uh, I also added uh Weight and EC. That was one of mine.
1: Oh, wait and see. Wait, wait and see. Well done. Well done. And then,
0: then the last one, my favorite one of the week. The entire, I mean, I, I thought Stetson Watch was pretty funny, but it, it's right. just kind of plain. But Nashville Hot Picking.
1: Oh, nice. Is that for EC or Lifeway or both?
0: Either one. Either one. It, either one of um, applause.
1: That's that a reference. That's, that, those of you who are not Nashvilleians, uh, that's a reference to Hot Chicken. Or if you haven't visited there, which I do not care for. I'll just go ahead and throw that out. but What?
0: Uh, what have we, We've not had this discussion. Are you serious? I, just,
1: I don't like hot stuff. I don't like to eat things that make my mouth feel like they're on fire. Okay. But,
0: I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Okay. I just don't. All right. Well, I don't but understand I rem- that.
1: I remember when hot chicken started in Nashville, and it was very odd. People were trying to figure it all out. Now it's the thing. The city's known for it.
0: Yeah, but I remember everyone well, talking about name. it. The right, Nashville exactly. Hot Chicken.
1: But I remember people talking like, hot chicken? What? I don't understand. And now, there you yeah. go. But that's a well, great hashtag.
0: Yes, it is. Hats off to Seth Brown, our friend at the Biblical Recorder, for that submission. It made me laugh. I still chuckle at it whenever. Or should right. I say I cluckle at it?
1: Oh, well played.
0: No, no, no it wasn't. All right. So that, that moves us on to my favorite part of the week. This week in SPC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: All right, so a lot of times I like to look back and see if we are having similar discussions uh, that we've maybe had in years past. And I did find, I'm going to just go back three years, that uh, there was a story in Baptist Press by David Roach, and it's titled, Baylor's Sexual Assault Response Draws Protest. Uh, So this was February 10th, 2016, and a a lot of you will remember the Baylor University story about uh, sexual violence on campus. It was a lot about, you know, what was going on with their football team, uh, athletes, how much the coach knew. And then uh, Ken Starr was the president at that time. And was you know having to deal with a lot, he's no longer the president there, but what's interesting in this story is there is a there are some comments you can kind of read about their policy, how they're processing it uh but Bart Barber, who is a trustee at Southwestern, had written a a post on s b c voices and they covered it in Baptist press. He talks about this type of story he said that Their ambition, essentially, may have led them to cover up sexual misconduct, said they handled sexual violence on the campus in a shoddy and disgraceful manner, because it has learned so much from churches. Ambitious people and ambitious organizations often see allegations of sexual assault as a threat to themselves. And then he wrote, churches that have tried to cover up sexual misconduct should be disfellowship from their local Baptist associations, their state Baptist conventions, and the Southern Baptist Convention until they have made amends with the victims and have put in place procedures and safeguards to protect those who report sexual misconduct in the future. So it was an interesting piece in this bigger story. It's fascinating to look at some of these stories that were not so long ago, because I can still remember processing it. And of course, at that time you don't know what's ahead for us to process that's a little closer to home but reading those words from Bart Barber who I think wrote that piece in part because he's a Baylor alum to read those words and then to process them this week I just I just found to be very sobering
0: well and he also brought a resolution in 2016 about this
1: he he, so did. he did, and uh, and we we talked we talked about that in the Facebook live, I believe. So I think what's just very interesting is this isn't a new conversation. We were talking about it uh, just three years ago. We've had conversations. If you look back in Baptist Press, if you look back in our minutes and our SBC annuals, this has been something that has come up repeatedly throughout the years. This is the week when I think we are collectively feeling the weight of this in a way that many had not before. But we were talking about it this week in SBC history.
0: Yes, and this will not be the last week that we talk about it either. Right. And it will dominate conversation uh, for quite some time. And uh, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is?
1: Mine is an interview. It's, it was an interview that was on NPR this week, and it's only about five minutes long, so I think everyone should stop, take five minutes to listen to this. Uh, this is a, with a, a person that we have discussed her story on the podcast. Uh, this is Ann Marie Miller, who, when we've dealt with the Mark Adderholt case, Ann Marie is an abuse survivor, and so we've covered Mark Adderholt. That's uh, the one of the cases we've dealt with over the last year and and covered on the podcast. We will continue to cover. He He was indicted last month, and so we're waiting to see the outcome of that. But Anne Marie did an interview with Rachel Martin on National Public Radio. It's a moment where we saw sort of the scope of this in the Houston Chronicle story, but This captures the humanity, this interview does. And I think it's very important for us to take the opportunities that we can. I don't know if you you saw, Jonathan. I think a lot of people saw the Twitter thread that Beth Moore started with the picture. Oh, my word, yes. That was
0: just heartbreaking.
1: Right. And she said, I understand you don't want to talk about, you don't like to talk about bad things. I didn't either. We didn't either and it's a picture of her before her abuse started or around the time and so then people began to reply with their own photographs of them as a child and you see that innocence and recognize what happened to them after uh, so that the humanity really sinks in well the same thing happens in this 5 minute interview where Anne Marie is is speaking about really how this affected her faith. And the last minute of it is the most heart-wrenching and I think the most important for us to take in. So we need to recognize that as hard as this is for us, this is what these survivors have lived with. And the most important thing that we can do right now is listen to them. And this is one uh, one way that all of us can. So I highly recommend that you just stop and take five minutes. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, to share that.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, it's only five minutes long. I listened to it the other night on the way to church. I just picked up my high school age son and was headed to church. And he was in the car with me and listened to it. And we it actually allowed us to have a discussion about what was going on this week. And uh, But it was it was a little difficult to drive with tears in my eyes, Amy. Uh, right. Because it was such a moving interview.
1: And it matters. We need to do yeah. that. We need to listen.
0: All right. Well, I, I'm going to kind of go to the other end of the spectrum with my resource of the week because uh, some okay. weeks you just need something to make you feel better. And Sweet right. Life Cookies uh, from Sonia Duren will Very do that. Very
1: nice. I'm, I am I want to try these cookies.
0: Yeah. Well, Anya Buile, a friend of both of ours, uh, he tweeted about, Marty, I guess, sent him some for being on the podcast Right, and uh, Thabiti tweeted about them and how great they were. And I will admit, i I had these for the first time probably about seven years ago, and they are wow. still the best cookies, still the best cookies I've ever had in my life. Okay, and I, it was always a treat when Marty would bring those to the office because they are just phenomenal.
1: And you can order them. Yes, you can order, you can order them, them and they, online. They can be mailed to you.
0: Yes, yes, and I they're worth every penny. She so could charge twice that, and they'd be worth every penny.
1: Okay, I'm going to have to do that. I'm looking at the website right now. Uh, I see there is a yeah. uh, so half chip. dozen or yes. dozens.
0: There's three kinds. There's the mint, uh double chocolate chip. There's the chocolate chip, the tr- classic, and then there's the white chocolate macadamia. I just stick oh. with the chocolate chip. The mint's really okay. good too. But just okay. stick with well, the chocolate chip cuz they're just phenomenal. Best okay. cookies I've ever had.
1: I'm going to have to give this a try.
0: And, and people say, "Oh, they're good cookies, you know whatever, you know." But listen, these are ones that you just you pick up and you just stop mid-bite and go, "Whoa. It's absolutely that good." And after this week, I need some cookies. We all need cookies.
1: I think that's something I'm going to need to try.
0: Yes, absolutely. We do want to thank our sponsor. We didn't mention it at the top of the show, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Just last month, they had some exciting news come out of Boyce College, their undergraduate school at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Matt Hall, the dean there, announced a new bachelor's degree program at Boyce in communication. The program promises cutting-edge training in the complexities of communication fields, For the 21st century with both biblical and theological studies you would expect from southern seminary and boyce college you can find out more information about this new program at boycecollege.com slash communication and uh, thanks to those guys once again each and every week uh, for their sponsorship of SBC this week we're grateful to have them as a sponsor amy big week coming next week executive committee meeting here in nashville uh, there'll be a lot of discussion about everything we talked about on the pod this week, as well as much more, I'm sure. And, uh, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting week again in the Southern Baptist convention. Absolutely. Be sure to follow us online this week, Twitter, Facebook. We'll try to do some live stuff if we can on Facebook, uh, if, if possible, uh, there may be some interviews or media coverage we can get on a hold of. And we also, we got to meet Zach McCuller. He's supposed to be at this meeting. You mentioned yes. him earlier. Talking about the Children's motion. Ministry so, Sunday. Yes, yes. So uh, we'll do that and uh, get a picture with him as well. So stick with us online, folks, and we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.